Hear now the word of the Lord. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our coming Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Mary and Elizabeth were quite a pair. One was just a peasant girl, a young teenager with her whole life still ahead of her. She had such hopes and dreams for what her life would experience. Despite the Roman control over their lives, she still looked toward the future with bright eyes, confident in God's promises to his people. The other was the wife of a respected priest and was now an older woman. She had lived long enough by now to know that not all of our hopes and dreams come to pass, that, that life is full of heartaches and disappointments, that the optimism of our youth is slowly worn away by the sands of time until we slowly learn to settle in to just the way things are. And yet, despite the fact that life had not turned out the way that she had hoped, she still lived with trust in God, confident that God had not abandoned his people, even if, in her more honest moments, she wondered if God had forgotten about her. Mary and Elizabeth, so different, and yet so similar. For both of them were pregnant, though neither of them should have been. And Elizabeth was now well past her child-bearing years. I mean, she had tried and tried for years to get pregnant, and it just, it just never happened. And now her body was old and tired, and her dream of becoming a mother had long since been laid to rest. And Mary was still on her way to becoming a woman. I mean, she was not even married yet, and therefore was still a virgin. It was far too soon for Mary to have a baby. And it was far too late for Elizabeth. And yet there they were, both recipients of miraculous grace, living illustrations of the faithfulness and the power of our God. Life is often funny like that, isn't it? God's timing rarely seems to match up with ours. And sometimes God moves far too slowly for us. 
Other times, God moves so fast it leaves our heads spinning. And some of you here this morning are more like Mary. If something unexpected has burst into your life, changing everything, and you're still trying to get your bearings. Others of you are more like Elizabeth. You have prayed and waited for something for so long, and by now you figure it's probably just never going to happen for you, whether that's a, a relationship or a job or an experience or a baby. And as you wait, you can't help but wonder if God has forgotten about you. Of course, waiting is something we've all grown pretty accustomed to, haven't we? I mean, it's pretty much a part of our lives. We wait in checkout lines at the store, especially during Advent. We wait in airports for delayed flights. We wait for test results to come back. We wait for healing to arrive, for loneliness to go away, for grieving to come to an end. We wait in hope for that phone call saying you're hired. We wait in fear for that phone call saying you're fired. We stare at the clock waiting desperately for the kid's bedtime to arrive. Then later, we wait up anxiously for the kids to get home at night. We wait for our kids to finally head off to college, then we wait longingly for them to come home for a visit. We wait for school to be done, for someone to marry, for retirement to arrive. Sometimes we even wait to die. You know, like Elizabeth, I'm sure we all know what it's like to have to wait on the Lord. But whether we are aware of it or not, through our waiting, God is at work conceiving new life within us. Now, sometimes it's as obvious as a baby bump. Other times it is but the promise of new life as we wait in hope for some sign of its arrival. And that always leaves us with a choice. We can choose to respond like Zechariah with disbelief and cynicism and assume that if anything's ever really going to happen in our lives that it's up to us to pull it off ourselves. Or we can choose to respond like Mary with trust and obedience, even when we don't understand, even when it leaves us confused, even when we ask, how can this be? But because Mary believed the angel's words, that her cousin Elizabeth was already six months pregnant with her own child, she immediately headed off to the hill country of Judea to visit them without even waiting for any sign of her own pregnancy. For Mary wanted to share in Elizabeth's joy and share her own incredible news with the one person who might truly understand. So Mary arrives in the town that Zechariah and Elizabeth live, and she enters into their home and shouts out a word of greeting. And the most interesting thing happens. The baby inside Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy at the sound of Mary's voice. Even while he is still in the womb, John the Baptist is already fulfilling his mission of pointing to Jesus. It kind of reminds me of the words God spoke to a young Jeremiah when he was called to be a prophet. 
God said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And while he was still but a six-month-old fetus, John the Baptist's prophetic ministry had already begun. And when John leapt for joy in Elizabeth's womb, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then like a prophetess, she says, Why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now remember, before Mary arrived, Elizabeth had no way of knowing that, that Mary was also pregnant, much less the identity of her child. But in referring to the baby as my Lord, Elizabeth makes the very first confession of faith in Jesus recorded in Scripture. As she says in joy, why has this wonderful thing happened to me? Now in my experience, the why me question usually only pops up in life when life has not turned out the way that we had hoped. When something we have dreaded has come to pass or something we never even imagined would happen has taken place. And as the unfairness of it all settles into our bones, we cry out to God, why me? What did I do to deserve this? We've all been there, haven't we? When some illness strikes despite our best efforts at healthy living, when our parent or our spouse or our child dies far too soon, when company downsizing has a face on it and the face happens to be yours, when you've worked so hard and yet you still don't make the team or, or get the promotion, when you've tried to do things the right way and yet you still end up in bankruptcy, when life hits hard and you cry out in pain and disbelief, why me, God? Why is this happening to me? But you know, I wonder, how often do we ask why me in response to all of our blessings? How often do we marvel at God's goodness in our lives and wonder in gratitude and humility, what have I done to deserve all of these blessings? After all, do any of us really believe that, that all the good things in our lives, that our, our relationships and our talents and our possessions and all of our other blessings are simply a result of all of our hard work and good decision-making? And yet, as someone once said, there are many of us who were born on third base, and yet we go through life patting ourselves the back because we think we hit a triple. That's a baseball metaphor, by the way. Baseball. First base, second base, third, never mind. Um, let me translate this one for you. Many of us go through life, or many of us were born 20 yards from the goal line. And yet we go through life patting ourselves on the back because we think we had an 80-yard kickoff return. You with me now? Great. But you know, at Christmas time especially, if we're paying attention, we are reminded that we are but 
the recipients of the extravagant grace of a generous God who just keeps giving and giving and creating new life within us, whether we recognize his presence or not. Now, fortunately, Elizabeth was paying attention. And in recognizing God, God's presence in Mary's baby, she demonstrates not only her own great faith, but her incredible humility as well. Remember, Elizabeth was much older than Mary, and she was the wife of a priest. And in their society, that gave Elizabeth a much higher position than Mary. She had much greater status and importance in their culture. And on top of that, Elizabeth had waited her entire life to be a mother, to dote on a child, to brag obnoxiously on Facebook about all of his accomplishments. By all rights, Elizabeth should have been a center of attention. And yet Elizabeth recognizes immediately that she is in the presence of one who will play a far greater role than she, just as Mary's son will be far greater than hers. And yet, rather than responding out of jealousy or acting as if Mary has stolen her thunder, instead she responds with humility and gratitude, content to play second fiddle, knowing that she and John will be supporting actors rather than the stars of the show. You know, it makes me think about the time many years later that John himself would respond to his own disciples' jealousy over all the people who were leaving John and flocking to Jesus. And John would say to them, I've told you, I am not the Messiah. I am but the friend of the bridegroom who rejoices greatly at the sound of his voice. For this reason, my joy has been fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Where did John learn such humility and such joy at playing second fiddle? Well, from the Holy Spirit, certainly, but, but also from his own mother, who modeled it so faithfully for him even before he was born. For despite the lesser role that she would play, Elizabeth was just so overjoyed and so grateful that she got to play a part in the story. Of course, it would not be an easy role for her, carrying and delivering a child at her age, much less raising one, would, would be very hard on her. And you know, God's calling on our lives is not always a walk in the park for us either. I mean, it can be difficult and frustrating, even painful at times, especially when God's grace arrives far too soon or far too late for our liking. The truth is, God is not always easy on the people he uses. And if you look at the people God used most in Scripture, most of them were pretty beat up by the end of their journey, especially the apostles. 
I mean, they were beaten and stoned and shipwrecked and imprisoned and killed. And yet, I guarantee you that none of them would say at the end that it was all just a big mistake. That they wish they, they could go back and trade their life for somebody else's. None of them would cry out and complain, why me? Instead, at the end of their lives, they would write in humility in their letters about their incredible gratitude, about the perfect love of God that casts out fear, about the indescribable peace that they had discovered, and about the surpassing joy that had overwhelmed their lives. Why? Because they were just so grateful and so overjoyed that they got to be used by the Savior and play a part in the story. Christmas offers this same opportunity to each of you as well. For you too have a wonderful and unique part to play in this story. Oh, it, it may not be a starring role like Mary's. It, it may simply be a supporting role like Elizabeth's or John's. But God has strategically placed you exactly where you are for a purpose. And if you will seek God's will for your life, and surrender yourself to the Savior, then you too will have the incredible privilege of playing a part in the great biblical drama of salvation that is still being written in the lives of all who believe that in that baby born to Mary, God himself has come down to be with us and is still at work among us, bringing hope and healing and new life where there only appeared to be darkness and despair and death. And good news like that? Well, it should be enough to make anyone want to leap for joy.